Welcome to Grandpa Hill's True Stories. These stories are for my children, grandchildren, and all children. children. <laughs> In this story, Grandpa and Grandma take four children. Happy! You know who the four wow. children are? Patricia, Brian, Rebecca, and Michael. Amy. Michael wasn't born yet. We're going on a camping trip. And it is in May, the end of May, which is just about the time of year it is right now. We're halfway through May. Yeah. And it's springtime. And it's and nice. Graduation time. Graduation time. And it gets really warm because we're in and Pennsylvania. But when we went camping, it was in 1989, and we were in Minnesota. And Minnesota is a little bit colder than it is here in May. So we got busy to go camping, and we packed up the car. Did you pack up some clothes? Yes, we packed up those, and we had our sweaters and everything else. And coats? Yeah, we did have, I think we did have some coats in case it got cold. And then we had this brown station wagon, and we put all our camping stuff in that. And we had a big tent, you know, that would hold, like, the whole family in one big tent. It was, like, ten by ten. It was made by Eureka. It was a great tent. What's Marika? Not Marika. What Marika mean? I don't know. It means, like, you discovered something. Eureka! Yeah. But they probably think it means something else. So we got this. Marika! When they find out something. We're packing up the car. We got it all packed up. And we take off. It's Memorial Day weekend. So it's a nice long weekend. Like three or four days. And we have to drive from where we lived. In Savage, Minnesota. All the way up. To Gooseberry Falls. Yeah, I don't know. But when we're on our way to Gooseberry Falls. Do you fall down? Well, I forgot to say that this story is actually five chapters. Five chapters? That yeah. would be five chapters long. Yeah, so we have the first chapter is called Mittens in May. Yeah. In May. Yes. It's not even cold in May. Yeah. Summer. yeah. And the sun yeah. will be out. <laughs> yeah, so, but what I had said before is that Minnesota is cold. Mittens in May. It's not normally cold. But when we got up there to Duluth, Minnesota, that's right where the big Lake Superior is, we got out to look at the water, like a little pull-off, and what did we see? Uh, rivers? Mm, There was no river there. There was just a big lake, and what we saw... Was snowflakes. Ah! It was snowing in May. Snowing in May. In the daytime. It has to be summer in May. Come on. Yeah. So this was snow in May. So we packed jackets and stuff, but we didn't have any mittens. So then we got back in the car. And we said, "Well, do we go buy mittens?" What are we gonna do? No, and you already got mittens. No, we didn't have any mittens. Oh, yeah, you had to go back. No, can't go back. That's several hours to go back home. We continued our trip, drove a little further, 
and we got to Gooseberry Falls. And we were not ready to camp at Gooseberry Falls because it was too cold. So we went looking for a, a motel. And all of the motels at Gooseberry Falls, they all said no vacancy. That's the end of Mittens in May. Now we'll go to Chapter 2. It's called Short Sheets at Gooseberry Falls. Short Sheets. Do you know what short sheets are? I didn't either. When I got there, I thought short sheets was like a trick you played on people. Short sheets are when you tuck in the front of the sheet, that first sheet, halfway down the bed, and then you don't tuck it in down there. You bring the other half up, and it gives you, it makes it look like there's two sheets. But it's really just one sheet that's been folded in half. It's a short sheet. So if you got in it, and you were a big person, and you went to put your legs out, you couldn't put them out. There's no sheet down there. It's only a half a sheet. Those are called short sheets. Yeah. Do you think that we found short sheets at Gooseberry Falls? Remember from the last chapter, there was no place to stay. We go up to one of these places that says no vacancies. And we knock on the door and we ring the doorbell and we ask them, do you have any place at all we could stay? And they said, no, sorry, we're all booked. I said, even just a little room or something, we need a place to stay. And they said, well, we do have a place, but it's not, not in the right shape. But she had looked at the family, the four kids, and decided that we really did need a place to stay. So we got one little room. Why wouldn't they rent us the room? The reason why they were reluctant is because there was, you had to, like, the steps up to the room were, weren't there. It was kind of muddy and messy. So there was some bricks down, and we didn't mind stepping on the brick, lifting the kids up into the room. And now we had a room right next to Gooseberry Falls State Park. We're going to go into this bedroom, and we're going to sleep. But we do not have enough beds. How many beds do you think it would take for six people? Six beds. Yeah, six little beds. Why how many beds do you that? think? How many beds do you think were in that room? One. There were two. Two small beds. They're called single beds. Two single beds. Who do you think slept in one of the beds? Um, you. Yep, me and Grandma. Who do you think slept in the other bed? Um, the kids. All of the kids. And how did we get them into that bed? You just, you just made them play all over the place. Yeah, that's right. That's what Everybody plays all over the place. They never go to sleep, and it makes a bad vacation. Yeah, and then you will be like, kids, go to sleep. Grandma made the suggestion, and it worked out really good. We made something for the kids. Beds? We made short sheets. Remember, that's the title of the chapter, Short Sheets in Gooseberry Falls. So, Grandma made the bed. She took one sheet, she folded it in half, and that was on one end of the bed, like the head. Then she took the other sheet, 
and she folded it in half, and that was so that you could open it up from the foot end of the bed. So you had two short sheets. And then we put the pillows on the two ends so that the bigger kids, Patricia and Brian, they could sleep at what would normally be the regular head of the bed. But they're not really long, so their feet would come down a ways. Then the other two that are smaller, they could sleep on the other end of the bed. Our children were all in that short-sheeted bed. It was short-sheeted not once. It was short-sheeted twice. And we had it set up so that they would bump each other and they could kick each other. But they wouldn't actually because they'd always have a sheet at the end of their feet. Yeah. So, so you have two half sheets so that their feet don't actually go together. And they don't kick their toenails into each other. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone went to sleep really good. And there was heat. And then in the morning, it'd be a warm day. This is chapter three of our great Minnesota vacation. Are you ready? Nope. Cascade River Trout. What do you think happens there? Yes, I catch a trout. Are you ready? Nope. Are you ready? Nope. I think you're ready now. Yeah. Chapter 3. Where were we? We were in Gooseberry Falls, and we had to drive all the way up to Cascade River State Park. But here's the problem. We what saw something happen? along the road. All the children wanted to stop. Why? You know what it was called? No. It was called a petting zoo. Have you ever been in a petting zoo? No. They all wanted to stop there, so what do you think we did? Um, kept going. Yes, I did keep going. I said, if there's time, we'll stop on the way home when we're all done camping. Okay? Yeah. Very good. Very good. Let it sit there nice and quiet so we can tell the story. Good job. Levi, do you want to sit over here with me? Listen to the story? Just makes it fun to listen to. Okay. Now, we're going to try chapter three again. What's the name of chapter three? Uh, Cascade River Trout. Yeah. Yes, Cascade River hey, Trout. Hey, chapter hey. three. Yeah, Levi's good boy. Yeah. Let's do chapter three. This is chapter three, and it is called Cascade River Trout. And Lawrence guessed correctly, I catch a trout. I catch a whole bunch. No, I do not. I only catch one trout. And here's the problem. I didn't know the rules. The trout wasn't long enough. And I had already, it already died in the process of catching it. So now I had a trout that was too small. <laughs> and I didn't have a fishing license. Yeah. So I kept it anyway and I ate it and... That's the way that went. But I was really happy. The way we caught it is I was over the bridge and I was just lowering my worm down into a swirling bunch of water off of the bridge where it looked nice and deep. And boom! And it just hooked right on there. And that's the way people were catching them. There was nothing fancy about it. And they weren't the kind of fish that you get here. In Pennsylvania, almost all of our trout are trout that they raise on a farm. Well, maybe 
At Keystone. At Keystone, we do catch trout. But what I'm saying is that those trout, they grow on a farm, a fish farm, and then they put the trout into the uh, park, into the lake, and then you catch them. But these trout in this river, these rainbow trout, they were not raised on a farm. They just grew right there in the river. So they taste even better. We caught that trout. And it was a little bit scary because I didn't want to get in trouble. But I did have the trout. I didn't even know I was going to catch a trout when I caught it. Chapter 4. And now we're on to chapter 4. Chapter 4. The title of chapter 4 is Bears, Bears, Bears. Would this be the last one? No, there's five chapters. Uh, okay, so in Bears, 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 when we pull into the campsite, it's nice and daylight, we do our fishing and all that other stuff, and we get told, we get a warning, don't have any food out, because the bears will come and attack that food and open it up and eat it. And I said, well, we have all this food. Where are we going to put it? Well, we put it in the, we put our food in the station wagon and locked, you know, closed up the station wagon. And we made sure there was no snack food in the tent because if they smell food in the tent, they don't care if there's people in the tent. They just come in and rip the tent up and eat the food. And they might even see you and think you're the food. Yeah, they're almost like garbage bears. They don't like garbage bears camping we with people. We watched a show that had bears. It's that the bears tried to attack the people. Oh, yeah. And the kids. Yep. So, they can attack. Most of the time, black bears do not attack. Unless they're sick. No, this was a brown bear, actually. Okay, brown bears, yes. The brown bears are more likely to attack. Brown bears and grizzlies. Okay, so, to finish up this bears, bears, bears... Do you think that they got to my food in the station wagon? No. No, they did not. But while we were getting to sleep, we hear... And we're thinking, oh, those bears must be trying to get into our... Um, food. Into our car. Because it was sounded like metal and glass and scratching and stuff like that. And so it was go- louder than like a raccoon. We've been around raccoons at night and skunks and stuff like that. But this sounded like it could be a bear. And it sounded like it was a little bit away from Did where we were. Did you get up? I got up enough to hear someone shout about the bears. Because they were in the food. Our neighbor, camping neighbor, had taken their food, put it in the cooler, and put it all the way up on top of the camper. They have like those campers that are on the back of a pickup truck. And mm-hmm. then they're all the way up on top of that and mm-hmm. strapped it down. Those bears climbed right up on that camper, way up high, ripped it open, and ate all the meat. So bears like meat. Oh, yeah. Why did you kill They them? like any any kind of food. They're omnivores. No, you, you, know, you don't kill them. Die. What they would do is try to get them to leave the area. 
So yeah. normally it makes some noise, but when you're sleeping in the camper and you know the bears are up on top of the camper, you just let them eat. Because uh, you're not going to take the chance of getting uh, mad when you open the door to the camper and they're up above you. So that guy, that family, lost all their meat for the weekend. All their food. And in the morning, what do you think those bears did? What? You think they left? No. Well, they do most of the stuff that they do at night. But when the bears, when we got up in the morning, we could see the bears. And where were the bears? They were in a barrel. A bear trap. So they don't shoot them. They trap them. A 50-gallon drum. That's those big drums that are circles. You use them for burning trash and stuff. So they have a barrel up like that, and they lay it on its side, and they have it set up so that the bear will go in. And when it goes in, there's bait in there. And when the bear goes in, the, the, the lid to the barrel closes. And it closes in a way at a little bit of an angle, and they can't open it. So then there's this bear, which fills the barrel. They have a barrel bear. Right there. And they're just laying there. They can't do anything. But this was a very special bear. I should say bears. There were two of them. There was a mother bear and a baby bear in that barrel. Both of them trapped. So she was busy eating and trying to feed her young ones. And bears hang around with the with the mothers, I think, more than a year, maybe a couple years. I don't know. Are you ready for the last chapter? Yeah. Chapter the last five. chapter, chapter five of the Great Minnesota Lake Superior Vacation Trip. Guess where it happens? Where? It happens at that petting zoo. Guess what the name of the chapter is? Grandma and the Ostrich. Do you know what an ostrich is? Yeah. Big bodied bird type thing. It doesn't fly. Big long neck. It's got a beak on it strong enough to break rocks and stuff and dig. Yeah. That and it lays its eggs in the ground on the ground and stuff. Big old ostrich. It's big it's big enough that people can ride them. You know, they're really big. Yeah. Yeah, they can get really big. So, we go to the petting zoo, and what do we see? There's some bears, little baby bears. They, they have a fence around them. Don't go there. Then they have little lambs and bunnies and stuff all hopping around. And you could go in and pet them, and they're very gentle. But in order to get them to come to you, you would get food. So, you'd pay like 25 cents, and you get a little bag of food. And then yeah, little rabbit, little pellets of food, little chunks of food. Um, and then you'd hold the kids, would hold out their hand, and then the goat or whatever it was would come up and, uh, and eat it right up. Tickles your fingers a little bit. And then you say, Mom, Mom, can I have some more? Mom, which would be Grandma, she's holding a bag of this food. And I think maybe Brian had another bag. And we had those bears to look at, and they're climbing the little tree that behind the fence. He had all these other animals you can feed. And then comes walking up to us is an ostrich. An ostrich without a fence around it is really big. It's like a horse walking up to you. You're in this little room 
inside of this kind of screened over area and there's a uh covering over the top so the rain doesn't get on us and the rest of it's open on the sides and here's this big old ostrich its beak is higher than grandma's eyes and it's big and grandma and the ostrich they're not going to get along too good because guess what the ostrich does it goes like this with that big old beak it goes right at grandma which is strong enough like to cut grandma and it takes the bag of food and then back up like this the ostriches don't smile but you could tell the ostrich was pretty happy he had the whole bag of food what do you think grandma did she took her hand like this and took that bag of food right back from that ostrich which surprised the ostrich quite a bit and it backed away it made us all laugh because it was like pretty like daring to go and take that bag back because it that beak on that ostrich is like about it's shaped like a hammer and it's like this big strong pick on the end and you knew how strong the bird was and it had taken the food and you didn't want to have a fight with it but she just went out and she grabbed the bag ripped it right out of the ostrich's beak and then she had a bag of food and then we fed it to the rest of the animals. And then we got in the car and we drove home after one of the best vacations in Minnesota the, we had ever had. The end. The end. And what was the fifth chapter? Grandma and the ostrich. Yes. Now, do you think that was a fun little story? Yep, yep. And Levi, everybody say nice things to Levi because he got really quiet for the rest of the story. That's good. Okay. That's the end. The end. Bye.